Through Bell from the T1 and Brass. I'm Carson. This is too late. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio contributor both to McCovey Chronicles, the SB Nation site for the San Francisco Giants, and also to the main Major League Baseball page, the main MLB page at SB Nation. His name is Grant Brisby. Grant Brisby took time out of his day uh, and away from his daughter, it should be said. Um, it's unclear where she was. But she was not near him, is what we know, to discuss San Francisco Giants. Of course, the recent changes, or structural changes, I guess, at uh, SB Nation. He was writing at the Baseball Nation page with Rob Nyer. Of course, Rob Nyer has now gone to Fox, which has also affected Brisby's role there. We discussed that. Uh, we also discussed, uh, we all, or not discussed, but we, at least we take some mutual solace uh, in the fact that it will all be over someday. It will all be over someday. Oh, and Michael Morris, <laughs> not, not related at all, but Michael Morris as well. Um, as part of the Giants talk, what and what he is doing on that team, and uh, how how Grant Brisby feels about it, and how he thinks it's going to end. Anyway, let's begin this uh, this edition of Vanguard Audio. It is Vanguard Audio. It does feature Grant Brisby of uh, various SB Nation sites, and it begins right now. One, two. You could go. Could you? Can you be? Could you be louder? Or is this it? Is this full Brisbane? Yeah. What about this? Yeah, that's great. That's that's good. Yeah. Does that's it? Fine. Does it get? Does it get like the depth of my voice? Yeah, it, it's doing that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for what's you know? <laughs> yeah, it's working with the raw materials. Do you see? Right, right. I mean, it's you know, you want to get fancy, but you want to get don't want to get too fancy where it like waters down the yeah. The virility. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking. I forget who said it, but uh, said a, a book is like a mirror. Um, if an ass peers in, well, I don't know. There's something about an ass. That's why I remember the quote. I think it was Mark Twain. Yeah, it was Mark. By, Twain. by way of Disraeli. Yeah. If an ass peers in, don't expect an angel to peer out. Something like that. Uh, yeah. So uh, my point is that uh, I'm, we can only get. We can only get as much baritone as is in your voice to begin with. Got it. Got it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But okay. but these these tools help me. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, I want to say first of all, I just want to say thank you uh, for joining me because I know that you 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 have people uh, more important than me counting on you. Yeah, I mean, there's you know not to not to diminish you, but uh, I certainly do, Carson. Yeah. Um, well, like your daughter, can- I mean. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, two kids, and one of whom is is generally here while I'm working throughout the day, and I have to drop her off at school and pick her up and do daddy daycare and um, you know do the tough parenting things like put put on hours and hours of television when she gets home so I can finish <laughs> writing and stuff like that. So that's that's my general day. Do you have uh, um, does that because I assume that you are I mean, you're a new man. I think that we've all we all recognize that you're one of these. You're a new man, right? You're a 21st part, century man, part of the new generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I imagine that you have you occasionally have misgivings about using the the television as a as a uh, uh, a babysitter, but at the same time, you also recognize the utility of it. Yes, this is very very much true. Okay, it is 
it's, it's the war, internal war within myself that mm-hmm. I fight every single day. Yeah. So it, it's, it's awful. But it's yeah. great, but it's awful. Do you feel like, um, cause you know, sometimes when people, there's like, you know, uh, obviously it's based on statistical averages, but like, uh, every, you know, if you're smoking, like, uh, every cigarette you don't smoke, you save like seven minutes of your life or something like that. Okay. Do, do you feel like, uh, every minute, Every minute you, your your daughter watches television, you just like like her chances of um, you know full, full self actualization <laughs> decrease by a certain percentage. Yeah, you you can say it. Every every minute that that she's watching television pushes her closer to a state school. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I mean, you know, I graduated from a state school. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every every show, I just I feel it just coming back. At some point, you know, maybe not necessarily at the end of her life or in her studies, but, you know, at the same time, I've got Thundercats episodes rattling around oh, my yeah. brain. So, you know, I try to, you know, try and figure out, you know, if I can name characters on Mask, you know, like, do you remember the show yes, Mask? Uh, yeah, come on. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, why do we why do we remember that? There's no good reason. But we we have that rattling in our brains, and we've turned out... Relatively okay, so. Yeah, but are we, uh, well, I'm not, I, first of all, I'm not gonna guarantee that I turned out okay. Second of all, maybe we might be in the minority, very much the minority. Although, yeah. it's a way of communicating with people, right? Like, if you know who, you remember Snarf from Wildcat, or Thundercats? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. that was actually like a foundational, like, uh, identifying that, when I first met my wife, she, well, she wasn't my wife, it wasn't like an arranged marriage or anything, she was just a, a girl at the same school. But we both we just talked about snarf offhanded one time, but that was important to our uh, our union. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I, I think we all have a, a snarf or a, a mumra story <laughs> at some point in our, our romantic lives and histories. I mean, it, yeah, it, it it is. It's it's a way to to connect. And I, I wonder if you know, I didn't have all that. Like, what would my brain be filled with, and would I be able to talk to people on the internet? Yeah, like, you know, uh, I, no, on the internet maybe not, but you know, I sometimes see interviews with, uh, well, not accidentally, I seek them out entirely, I should say, with, um, who is it, Allison Williams? Is that Brian Williams, news, um, news anchor Brian Williams' daughter? She's she's oh. in the show Girls. Okay. And uh, she's just a, a beautiful, a, she's a Connecticut beauty. <laughs> she's uh, from Greenwich or from someone near Greenwich. And she just is from a she's from a land of privilege, and she's tall and and educated. She went, I think she went to Yale twice. They just they invited her back. They're like, wow. do it again, yeah. And uh, just the things that she says are just, uh, yeah. I don't think she watched. I don't think she watched a lot of Thundercats. Or if she did, she's like, oh my god, I watched Thundercats once. But I mean, it's so her brain's filled with useful information. Is what know, you're saying? Yeah, I don't know precisely what it is that she's doing, but. It's probably it's probably good. No, I think having some of that though to uh, is um, you connect with other people. You, for, they're generational signifiers. And if you really want to make sure they connect, you give like four or five hours a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you're hitting all the bases. You never know if if she's in the future going to be into like Jake and the Neverland Pirates or, or Scooby Doo. So just make her watch it all yeah. for yeah. several hours a day while you make you know gifts of people getting hit in the junk and. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I remember, you didn't just go to a state school. You went to a state school uh, that with a cardinal direction in also in the title of it. Is that true? 
I did. Uh, well, I I dropped out of Southern Oregon okay. State. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but then I graduated from San Jose State. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you know it's top school school no. of uh, Ken Kevnitty. But now you were <laughs> Kevin Franzen. What yeah. case? You were um, in former giant former. Former giant Kevin Franzen. Yes. Uh, he had some uh, – this is what I know about Kevin Franzen is he had some excellent – more – I would say plural uh, excellent Arizona Fall League seasons. Yeah. He was always sort of uh, th- that guy where you, you gave him the uh, praising with, with, with faint damning of like, oh, you know, he's going to be a major leaguer. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to be – He'll be a role player. He'll be a, a good, solid player. Yeah. And then it turns out that that was wildly optimistic. <laughs> he, he's going to be a very, very limited role player. Right. But he will you make know. it occasionally. Um, Lip- he'll make. He he, made, he he recorded some major league innings. Yeah, I, I think he has a guaranteed contract this year to come back for the Phillies. Like he's got, you know, non, you know, mysterious money. He's got like a million dollars or something to go yeah. and be a utility player. So there you go. Yeah. Good, good for Kevin Franzen. Now, I will, uh, let me uh, let me announce that um, because uh, so I'm currently in France, and um, part of that is, part of what that means is that my internet um, will just stop occasionally, but it comes back very quickly. And so if I'm gone, then I will I will call you back immediately. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can handle it. Yeah. Right. Good. Um, and the other thing is, uh, wait. You said you you have two children. Didn't you used to have zero children? Was there a time that we talked when you had zero children? It's, I'll be honest with you. Um, there was a time where I did not have children. Okay. Right. For several decades, actually. Yeah. Um, right. No, I, I don't remember the first time we talked, but I don't. I think I had a kid always. Um, she was born in two thousand eight. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure that yeah, I had at least one. Now I've got two. Yeah. I think in the interim, I've, I've added another one. Um, they came, you know, came in the mail, and, yeah. and she's ten months old, and the other one five months old, or two, five years old. Two daughters. You have two daughters. Two, two daughters. Yes. Two daughters. Wow. And uh, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you another question because you, uh, your, your father, you might have an opinion on this. Yes. Uh, what do you think about babies having babies? I'm against it. Yeah. Just flat out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, wait a little bit. I, when I was when I was a baby. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that I was too young. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, I, you know, literally poop my pants a lot. <laughs> and you have that kind of lack of responsibility. It shows. And so mm-hmm. I'm against it. Okay. Against it. Good. I'm glad we've, because <laughs> sometimes you hear that in the news that babies are having babies. Oh, it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. I know. It's the sign of the times, right? I know. Oh, these times. Actually, no, yeah. I think. I mean, I assume at certain times, people just women have had babies as soon as they were able to have babies, like in Ireland. I'm just I'm lying. I don't know. That's I just assume Ireland was a place where that happened. Just seems, you know, yeah. It's just yeah, it seemed kind of unseemly back there. I mean, you know, I didn't want to be the one to say it and bring it up, but yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I, <laughs> Those guys. Well, I know that uh, Jonathan Swift. Um, I know three things about Jonathan Swift, but they all pertain to Ireland and babies. Because he wrote "Modest Proposal." You're familiar with this text, "Modest Proposal," in which he it is a satirical piece in which he suggests that. How much longer to talk without me responding? <laughs> 
not not that much longer. All right. I just uh, figured you you were just going into polemics. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think uh, I think I think I I because I, I know when I know when I can see when it happens. Anyway, are you ready? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, I was talking about Jonathan. Oh, fuck. Who was I talking? Jonathan Swift. Jo- Jonathan Swift wrote Ma's proposal, in which is about because Irish people are starving, right. and there are, and he said he suggests that they should just eat Irish babies. They should eat their own right. babies. Right. Right. Um, and I he, but the thing is, I recently listened to this program um, hosted by Melvin Bragg, a BBC personality. Called okay. in our in our time. Are you familiar with this one? I'm not. Yeah. Well, it's a good program, and uh, he had on it. It's a they do a look at they look at philosophical or historical uh, subjects, and he looked into uh, the the composition of uh, modern proposal. And it turns out Jonathan Swift actually did hate. He was sort of Irish. He's like an Englishman born in Ireland, but he actually hated Irish people. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, he really did hate Irish people. Even though it's also conceivable that this was a Satirical text simultaneously, but he really did hate average people. So there, you learn so that. So the, the subtext was, I'm not saying, but I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah, you know, this is the satire that will, you know, define satire for a century. But yeah, it, you wanted to take the, you know, the letters seriously. Yes, yeah. what he was so, saying was. He, I think he was exasperated because I think he had proposed a number of actual solutions to the problem. And he was like, you know what? You're not listening to me. How about just Irish people eat their babies? <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's be, that's That could be babies eating babies. And that's just as bad as babies having babies. It's it's even vi- worse. It's a vicious Morning. cycle. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Grant Brisby, baseball writer, Grant Brisby. Um, <clears throat> someone once wrote... I get that this idea isn't terribly original or funny, but it is yeah. thorough. Yes. How would you say that describes your writing? I would say that describes my writing as of yesterday to a t- <laughs> On the top of my Derek Jeter gift basket idea. Yeah. Idea that was <clears throat> instant when he retired. And I knew it was bad, and I knew it was hacky, and I knew there was no way I wasn't going to do it, and it, and I knew it was going to be very hit and miss, and I knew it was going to have a lot more misses than hits, but I sort of had had to do it, and not because anyone told me I had to do it, but because once I said it, that I, you know, I, okay, I can fall through this. It was like a challenge, and it turned out pretty bad, but it also got traffic. Because that's the internet. So basically, everything's awful, and, and so am I. <laughs> you're a yeah. You're a, you're a, you're a party to it. You're a facilitator, really. Yes. No. I'm. I am an enabler. Yeah. You're an enabler. Yeah, no. Um. But yeah, that's interesting though, because you you produce a lot of content. You it is your job to produce content. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, for example, I see here that you've written. You are on the brink. You are 11 posts away from 11,000. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm seeing on your uh, SB Nation profile. There could be more. There could be fewer. But you are about to hit the 11,000 mark. Okay. 
And there are going to be days or I imagine perhaps entire years where you say, oh, I don't have it. I don't have it right now. Uh, yes, but you. But it's your job to produce content because if you stop producing content, then you're no longer, then you're not a baseball writer anymore. Yeah, it's it's a. It is. I am just not. I wouldn't say I'm in the middle. I'm on the coming on out the other side of one of those uh, cycles right now. To where it's usually not just a day; it's usually cycles. It's usually a week or two weeks or something where I just say, um, "I am awful. I'm a fraud. This is terrible. How much longer until you know there are um, younger baseball writers who are clearly um, better at what I do?" Are you know, and I, it, 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 things like that where I just I'm inside my own head and, and doubting myself because I think that's I think everyone does that to some extent. Um, but I've been through those enough to where when it happened, I don't panic like I used to. I mean, I used to panic and, you know, just really, you know, get dark and just say, you know, well, well this is it and, and that sort of thing. But um, now I just, you know, you just have to write your way out of it. And the thing that I keep going back to is that I, I kind of keep track of these periods, um, when they happen, what time of year, and, you know, which articles I wrote during that time. And I'll go back to them and, I can't really tell that much of a difference between them and the other articles, which means that everything's kind of equally as stupid. <laughs> All just kind of, you know, the same quality for the most part, regardless of how I, how I'm feeling. Um, so that makes me feel both better and worse and just, you know, basically I have to tell myself to shut up and, and keep writing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I think, uh, it, in, uh, I, I'm guessing anyone who's come to this, uh, podcast already knowing you are probably feels the same way and uh, yeah I will say uh, you are one of the writers uh, the baseball writers um, who I consider jealousy inducing which is uh, not not only the highest form of praise I can give it's the only form of praise I think either you do that or you don't and uh, you do that you're you're one of those but um it is it is curious you mentioned and I was because I was going to ask that um in terms of correlations with time of year, because this also happens to be, it's not just the fact that it's slow news cycle. Uh, one of the reasons it's a slow news cycle is because it's, it, especially now, like we're, we're getting to pitchers and catchers. And I think there's sort of a lot of attempts to create enthusiasm, you know, with like a truck day, for example, um, which is, you know, supposed to be sort of like a holiday, but there's actually no real like practical pay. There's no real payoff. Right. You know, right. It's, not, it's not like you get to see baseball the next day. It's like, oh, OK. So, you know, maybe like three weeks, uh, three weeks you can see, um, you know, Ariel Pena, a, uh, you know, a half prospect in the Brewer system throw throw a third of an inning. Um, you know, in a, in, during a minor league game or, or during a during a spring training game, um, but it's this is this is like a, a pretty barren time and and you know, kind of since you know since the mid mid December there's like this whole barren stretch uh, that can make it make it difficult to make you question you know whether or not you, like what made you like baseball in the first place. Right, right, and it it's also we. You think of it as like this vast, barren, you know, hellscape where there's just nothing going on. But there's always like something. Like especially after December, you you think you know it's after the holidays, but then there's Hall of Fame stuff. So 
you don't think you're going to write so much about the Hall of Fame, but you end up, you know, I end up writing a whole bunch of Hall of Fame articles. Uh, and then, you know, you, you wind down from that and then all of a sudden you, you think, well, maybe I can write about Urban Santana. And five seconds before and five seconds after you finish, you know nobody cares about Urban Santana. <laughs> like Urban Santana's going through his, his, his RSS feed and being like, you know, why would I click on that? exceedingly boring, but you trick yourself into it because, you know, you want to get something out and then you, you send it out and then that makes you hate the winter more and, and, uh, yeah, it, it is a vicious cycle. Yeah. As a, <laughs> just like babies eating babies and having, having babies and then eating babies. Yep. To eat so they could have more babies because they're nourished by it's awful. But it's, yeah, um, it's terrible. But there's <laughs> cat. It's true. It's like you feel like, oh, it's finally here, but it's like, oh, they saw the shadow, and there's you know two more weeks of nothing. Um, it, it feels like it should be something. Um, let me ask you. You, you mentioned a sort of gesturing towards towards something like this, but uh, I'm curious because uh, I don't think I have a good one, and it seems like it would be something that would help any baseball writer. Is what do you use for a news feed? Obviously, you know. Uh, Quite a bit of what you do is reacting um, to news as it's generated. You you sort of you you're not necessarily reporting the news, but you kind of um, you repackage and repurpose the news uh, for the purposes of entertainment, um, like the like the Derek Jeter piece here. I'm curious, what do you what is, do you have a RSS feed? Do you have a is there a, a Twitter list that you use? No, I'm actually awful with that sort of stuff. Um, I use Twitter. And then I use these kind of workplace chat rooms where they tell me, hey, check this out. Like, you know, did you see this, Grant? You know, why didn't you see this, Grant? Hey, look at this, Grant. Um, like, I kind of rely on other people to point out when something's going. I mean, you know, I'm on Twitter constantly, and so that is uh, where I get most of it. But if I miss something, it's usually coming from uh, people who are also employed by SB Nation, um, doing their job better than I do. Um, just because I, I, I never really figured out a good way to use RSS, um, or news feeds. I, um, I don't like TweetDeck and places like that where I can, uh, make lists, Twitter lists and things like that. I've never been able to get the utility out of them that I, that I just get from the basic browser-based, uh, Twitter. Just because the main reason is that when I walk away and, you know, use the restroom, get something to drink, and I come back, the, the browser-based has, it'll say, you, you know, you've missed 296 tweets, click here. You know, and I'll know, oh my goodness, you know, some, you know I've been away for a long time, I really don't pay attention. Whereas the other things like TweetDeck, it, it just continuously scrolls into eternity, and I have no idea what I'm missing, and I'm always subconscious that I'm missing everything, and, and I, I guess that's just, I, I don't like, Technology or computers. I don't like. <laughs> oh, it's dead. You're sounding over the during the course of the conversation more and more like a dad. I mean, you are a dad, but you're like, what with the computers and all the technologies? I don't know how to use the RSS. Just sit and wait for the USA Today. To <laughs> literally going to tell me all the baseball news from the previous day, and if you need faster. To hell with why, why? Why do you need an opinion on AJ Burnett that fast? You can't wait a day. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's gonna. He's still gonna be there in the morning. I mean, 
Um, now, one of the people I assume who's not uh, uh, giving you directives anymore is Rob Nyer. Yes. Uh, that, well, I mean, maybe, maybe he is just because he um, he can't quit you, but um, I I assume that's not the case. So what so what is the uh, like just the facts? What like literally what are the facts of what happened to the degree you feel comfortable talking about it, of what happened with uh, Baseball Nation and it's because you were writing with Nair and now you're writing with you're with Normandon and Goldman, et cetera. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like this is the, like that road where I don't think that there's anything I could say that would get me in trouble. Like I don't think there's anything surprising. I don't think there, you know, there wasn't a power struggle between, you know, Rob and I. There wasn't uh, – been working with him very much. Um, we were in constant communication throughout the day. Um, whenever I'd finish an article, I would, hey, you know, look at this. It's time for you to edit. And we would always edit each of those pieces and, and keep in contact throughout the day. So it's weird not having that. I mean, we, we did that for three years uh, for the most part. So um, it's definitely a big change, but there, I think he just wanted to do something different. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to exactly his motivations, but... Um, I understand why he did. I mean, Fox, you know, you get more, more eyeballs with Fox and, and, uh, he is of a prominence to where that made a, made a lot of sense. And, and I, you know, by, uh, on my end, I am pretty wedded to SB Nation. I, I, McCovey Chronicles was the, um, second site to go live. They've always been very, very good to me and I kind of want to be with it as it grows. Um, and so I, I have less of a uh, desire to go anywhere else. Um, so I, I don't know how I got to this point. I was just kind of rambling. but No, um, no. Well, you're also – I mean, yeah, right. With regard to McCovey Chronicles, you are also – I mean, that's that's like a proper community. And not to say that Baseball Nation wasn't or the MLB page for SB Nation isn't uh, a, com- a community, but – I mean, I know, like, you put up, you just had a uh, post, just, uh, just you were just saying, uh, you, I mean, this is an amusing headline, uh, courtesy Grant Brisby, uh, Giants get 14 of the top 14 prospects in top 14 list of Giants prospects, right? This is an amusing post you did, and I would say, uh, I would guess, uh, let's see, there's a couple block quotes in there, and maybe like uh, 200 to 250 words of original content by you. And then there are then there are almost 900 comments. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, that seems, you know, I've seen this in a couple other maybe SB Nation communities or a couple other team oriented communities, but I assume that that's when you're writing there, uh, it's it's easy to it's easy for you to to continue participating in that because it uh, it feels like. It feels like a thing, right? I mean, it's like a it's a proper community. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and it's it's um, it's overwhelming at times. You know, I do, if I miss a couple of hours, like there's no way I'm going to catch up with 500 comments. And you know, some of them are about Doctor Who, which I, I never really saw. Um, I would say 60 or 70 percent of the comments on my site are about Doctor Who. So I mean, you know, you definitely miss a lot, and, and there are. Um, it's overwhelming the kind of amount of community there is, but I can't imagine not having it there. Like I can't imagine where else I would go on the internet to jibber jabber. Um, 
quite like that. So, yeah, I mean, I have a stake in that. I, if I were to go to a, a competitor, um, it, there would be a little bit more to lose than just the coworkers, so to speak. I mean, there would be something um, weird about leaving McCuffey Chronicles. It's, you know, it's, it's almost 10 years now that it's been around. So, yeah, but that's definitely a consideration. So with regard to the Giants, uh, actually, in the not well, we just released the um, – over the course of, I guess, a month or two months, whatever, we released the, the Zips projections, the Dan Zimborski Zips projections. And the last one, because uh, the Giants were first last year, they were last this year. Um, the, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. We actually it's, – it's all according to uh, the Old Testament, or maybe it's the New Testament, one of the Testaments. Um, uh, and – Buster Posey is really good, um, and, uh, and actually quite a bit, I think, remains unchanged with regard to the Giants. But one thing that has changed, and one thing that I, I assume must be curious for you and uh, must be um, a, a talking point within the, the, the Giants community, or the, the fans and analysts, is the person of Michael Morris, who received uh, a projection of barely above replacement level. Right. Um, is this something that uh, – I mean, was this a curious move for you when it happened, and does it continue to be so? I wouldn't say it was curious. You could see it coming. I mean, I, honestly, I need to change the uh, site's tagline. You know, that, that's kind of like the slogan that is underneath the, the masthead. And, and so since, I think, late October, early November, the site's tagline has been McCovey Chronicles. Welcome, Bronson Mike Morse. Uh, it's, it's been obvious that Mike Morse was going to – come to the Giants. And I think if the Giants had known what Bronson Arroyo's price would eventually be, I think Bronson Arroyo would, would have gotten real serious consideration. But Morse, it's just the Giants have like this one big glare offensive flaw. can't hit home runs. They have problems with it at home, for, for sure. They have problems with it on the road. Um, they had the built-in defensive replacement ready for Morse. They've to try this sort of thing with Pat Burrell to where they sacrifice some defense for dingers and Giants wanted dingers and they got a gigantic man to hit them and that's where my Morse comes in and I mean I get the projections and I get why they're so awful and I know that he's probably not going to be good but at the same time I'm not immune to the wiles of dingers they are I'm excited to see someone actually hit the ball really hard at times, but that's going to come with a bunch of flailing and waving and sliders in the dirt. And so it, it has a different feel to me right now. When we're in the middle of the season and Mike Morris has a you know 290 on base percentage and he's fielding like he has a boot in his hands, I mean it's uh, it's going to look a lot different to me. But right now I'm like not angry at the Morse deal. Like I saw it in the dingers uh, over the last four seasons. Um, the record the record shows that the Giants have won the World Series twice, and I think they did it both times without um, a, a team that hit a lot of home runs. Isn't that right? I think it, no. In 2010, I mean, they had a fair amount of uh, offense. They had a really underrated offense. Um, you know, they had Cody Ross um, toward the end. You know, right. they tried the thing with with Jose Guillen, and that was a pretty bad failure. Um, but you had, you know, Posey doing his thing. You had, uh, one, Uribe could, you know, hit, hit, had a little bit of power from a middle infield slot. 
Um, Pat Burrell was around. Andres Torres, I mean, he's not a power hitter, but that year, you know, he was, he was hitting his fair share. So, um, they were, they were a little bit underrated then. I think, I think you're right with the 2012 team. You know, I think they did a lot without the dingers. Um, but it, last year it was really, really pronounced. Um, and I don't know exactly why that is. Um, well, probably because you know, they didn't they didn't win. I assume is why it was pronounced. I mean, they they weren't that good. Exactly. I mean, so you you you're looking for things like, well, what's the the quickest of the quick fixes? And I guess Mike Michael Morris is you know the quickest of the quick fixes. It's like, well, we need a left fielder, we need dingers. Let's get this guy. Um, and to be fair, while my if you give me the option between Gregor Blanco starting with you know some random guy. Um, to, to fill in against tough lefties or Michael Morris. I'll choose Blanc on the random right there. But if you give me Morse or a contract that's not going to look good, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just, like Jacoby Ellsbury, which is just a huge, massive deal. Um, and maybe in, in seven years, it's, it's not going to look that expensive. But I don't think the Giants were in the position to do that because they have, uh, the long-term deal is already in place for Posey and Bumgarner and Kane. They have to make a decision on Sandoval, eventually Crawford and Belt. And I just, you know, I just couldn't tell if Chu or Ellsbury were going to be that good for that long. So I would rather just have someone crappy now rather than someone crappy later, if that makes sense. Which it probably doesn't. But. No, no, I, uh, it's close to reasonable, I think uh, I could say. Um, another thing, um, so you sort of, you were sort of um, gesturing to how you basically knew uh, that the Giants would get one or both of uh, Bronson Arroyo or, or Michael Morse. Um, and that's and that's because it's kind of like part of the Giants' DNA at this point that they this is their sort of player. Um, another thing that's been – that has been part of the Giants over the last couple seasons, uh, maybe in part of it is that it wasn't the case in 2013, was uh, that they have routinely – had excellent starting pitchers, um, and they've also had starting pitchers who, um, at least there are some notable cases, you know, Matt Cain and Ryan Vogelsong in particular, of pitchers who uh, outperformed the peripherals. Uh, I'm wondering if, A, if that had started to seem uh, almost like something you could take for granted, and then, um, B, what it felt like in 2013 when that didn't happen. It's definitely something you could take for granted. And, and the whole time it's happening, you know, I'm, I'm busy, you know, writing, hey, we're, you know, you're, we're going to take this for granted. This is amazing. You know, the Giants had three first round pitchers, you know, solidify a rotation that led to two championships. They were never hurt. They were always consistent for the most part before Lincecum started going a little wacky. Um, there's no way not to take it for granted. I mean, you're in it and you're saying, okay, well, you know, we've got these three pitchers. They're good. And they're, they're driving it. And then we've got, um, you know, help from, from around the edges and Barry Zito somehow becomes this you know, $127 million or $6 million afterthought. Um, there's no way not to take it granted. I mean, it, it's ridiculous to go through a decade and pick up three starting pitchers, two of them a little bit late in the first round. And just have them morph into pitchers who really don't need a lot of guidance, who really just, they don't have that kind of are they or aren't they development period where they were weird and kind of wobbly. They just like, well, right away, it's like, okay, well, this is Tim Lincecum. He's great. Oh, you know, here's Matt Cain. He's great. And here's, here's Bumgarner, who last year was throwing, you know, 
six miles per hour and getting knocked around in double A. Well, now he's great now. Um, yeah, you're going to take it for granted. And then last year when you have, you know, it, it all pulled out from under you, it's like, man, this is how the other half lives. It's, it's awful. You know, you're, you're sitting there with, you're all grimy with the, the, the peasants. It's, <laughs> smell weird and they're eating weird food and it's, it's terrible. Probably Irish or at least of Irish extraction. <laughs> Taking a bite of the potato like like the beginning of the Iron Chef or, you know, it takes a bite out of the pepper. Um, that's, you can edit that part out, right? Yeah, I already have. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it, it, it was it was stunning to see how bad it got how quick. You know, and it, and it there's no reason we should have been surprised. I mean, Zito was pretty terrible. There was no reason to expect Vogelsong to be that good in the first place. Um, you know, I still believe in Kane, um, certainly much more than I believe in Lincecum, just because Kane, nothing looked different. He's still throwing as hard. He's, his peripherals, while you know, he might have not outperformed him this time, there's still the same peripherals that we got used to over the better part of a decade. Um, but, it, yeah, it was, it was weird. Last year was just a weird, weird year. Um, I was, let's see. I think earlier in the off season, back when I still had vim and also vigor, um, I did a I did a, um, a brief study on. Let's see. Oh yeah, the most successful minor league free agents from like the last three years or something. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out minor league free agents, that is players who were released, you know, whatever it is, at the, in October as uh, as free agent, minor league free agents, um, the next year they, it's very rare that they do anything. I think like half a percent are likely to even post something above replacement level or post something above like half a win. But, um, the best hitter or field player and the best pitcher over the last three years, um, to be signed as minor league free agents. Uh, we're both signed by the Giants. It's Gregor Blanco, uh, 2012, and then um, Ryan Vogelsong in uh, 2011. Um, oh, do you think there's anything that's sort of like native to the way that the Giants do business that would explain that, or do you think that uh, it's a you know product of variance at some level? There, it's got to be a combination thereof. I mean, there's got to be a tremendous amount of luck that's involved. Um, I mean, Vogelsong, I mean, no one expected him to do anything other than, you know, maybe get some things. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, there is some credit to where the Giants saw something in the way he was throwing the baseball that piqued their interest because there was nothing statistically that indicated he would be a viable option in AAA even. I mean, he was knocked around so badly the previous season in between two different AAA teams. There's no way to look at an, an objective list of numbers and say, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's got – he's a diamond in the rough. So the Giants had to watch him throw. And I guess the, the story is is that the mitt was popping a little differently when he was throwing. He lined up with all the other minor league free agents or the, you know, the, 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 the spring training, but you, you kind of heard something with Ryan Vogelsong that was different. So in that respect, okay, they saw something that was – that looked like a good bargain, that looked like a good deal, and they were right, and they were really, really, really right. But on the other hand, it's, you can't just expect that Andre Torres' and um, 
Gregor Blancos are just going to be there every year. <clears throat> there has to be a little bit of luck. I mean, just I don't know, you know, why the Royals didn't have a place for Gregor Blanco. You know, he was dealing with a injury, but apart from that, he was generally, you know, a pretty productive guy who can cover center field. He had speed. He had on base percentage in, in the minors. You know, he was a guy that the Royals should have found room for. So for him to be on the market in the first place is, is kind of freaky. And then for the Giants to get him, I mean, there's a lot of luck involved in that. So a little from column A, a little from column B. I mean, I guess that's, is that, is that, is that a boring answer? Should I take a... No, you know what wasn't boring is when you said it was freaky. <laughs> yeah. I, um... Uh, there's a quote from 30 Rock, I believe, when uh, Tracy Jordan, Tracy Morgan, says, um, uh, says something to the effect of, uh, even freaky dickies have feelings. Or, <laughs> or maybe something, or maybe freaky dickies have feelings too. And I don't know what it is, but, uh, I, I've said it a couple times aloud, uh, in the company of my wife, and she hates it. She hates it when I say that. She just, uh, yeah, she's immune to that. But, so when you said, uh, free, it was freaky. I, I couldn't help but uh, I couldn't help freaky. but uh, ignore yeah. that. Freaky, yeah. Throw a dicky on there. <laughs> throw a dicky on there. I want to see. Uh, I don't know if you ever do this with any of your colleagues, but um, if you want to, if you want a challenge in a uh, in your next post, regardless of what it is, just throw just throw a freaky dicky in there. Dicky. <laughs> just throw just yeah. Put a dicky on that freaky and see what happens. Um, Friend who lives. And, and uh, a couple times I've done uh, ESPN Boston, a radio station out there, and I'll text him. I'm going to be on, you know, ESPN, and he'll say, um, "Throw the word burrito in there." Just get a burrito. Yeah. Just get burrito in there. And so I'll, uh, you know, it's, it's nerve wracking because I'm not, it's, you know, it's not, I'm not native to the radio. It's still kind of, you know, I still kind of tense up, and I worry that I'm going to just go on and just start spewing epithets. I mean, just horrible, horrible, you know. Sexist things that are going to get me fired. You know, I mean, it's, I'm just kind of tense, but it's always like, you know, look, it's not as easy as, you know, when they're, they're asking me questions about, you know, should the Red Sox sign this player? I'm like, well, you know, you can't just go out to, you know, it's not like going to a restaurant and getting a, a burrito or something, you know, stupid, but it amuses him and, and it amuses me that I get to amuse him. Um, I Wait, think the who last. Who's the person? I, we might have, I might not have heard the name of, who are you amusing? Uh, my friend, just my friend in Boston. Oh, you have a friend in Boston? He's the one who gives me the word. So uh, I think the last one was Panther, and I don't remember how exactly I worked it in, but I was on ESPN Boston, and I had to say Panther. And I think I, I, it was pretty seamless to be able to say, you know, Mike, Mike Trout, that guy's fast as a Panther. You know, something I would never say unless prompted to by, you know, inside jokes. Did you, uh, but that's, did it feel good to say that Mike Trout is a Panther? Yeah, it, it fits. Yeah. I mean, prove not. Yeah, I've often thought that he was a jungle cat of some of some sort. I, Panther, I didn't know. He's got some ocelot qualities. <laughs> Give it. Do you feel like um? Do you feel like you've you did what you came here to do? Like you mean the the podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I was uh, less entertaining than last time. No, you weren't. The, you weren't that good last time. <laughs> That's a good. Point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my cat didn't bother me this time. Um, yeah, you know, hey, I, I will uh, defer to you as to what makes a good podcast. I am certainly no expert when it comes yeah. to that. Oh no, I, I think um, I think the record speaks for itself that I am not either. 
I think that my uh, that the op- the my oeuvre, if you will, yeah. or okay. even if you won't, I'm gonna make you is uh, yeah, it's uh, spotty at best. But I'm not. F- I haven't been fired yet. I will keep writing until I'm fired. So you have my pledge. I apologize to everyone for that. And you, that is that's a good crew to live by. Yeah, right. Well, why not, right? I mean, uh, I can live where I want. Uh, and uh, yeah, I oh, I didn't I didn't write a gift basket post. Oh yeah, I was looking back at that. Did you do the Did you do the image attached to that as well? No, no. I mean, I, I that was actually the original idea. Is that I didn't want to actually have my name on it necessarily, and it's and so. Uh, uh, Justin Bob, with whom I work, is is uh, he's pretty good at the photoshops and and uh, uh, the digital manipulations. And so the idea was that we were going to do a gift basket with all this stuff in it, and then just kind of catalog it at the bottom, or maybe make it some kind of fancy interactive thing where you mouse over and it tells you what it is. I think that would have actually been a pretty good way to get around the the hokiness of the the idea that's been run into the ground. Um, but it was just, it was too unwieldy, and if you're not going to do it now, then the joke's really bad and really out of date. So I had to put my name on it and, and then go on a podcast the next day and stand by it. Is there an ass with blood on it? Is there a bloody ass? Yeah, I think, I think initially it, it, that would be poop. It would be George Brett's poop. Oh, it's George um, Brett's poop, but is it is it like a is it bloody stool? Well, you're gonna have to ask George Brett about that. So um, if I look under the Royals here, Royals, chocolate replica George Brett's pants. But what is the red? There's, there's well, see, <laughs> that yeah yeah you know you know you know that that that's a good point that's a good point. Is there was um, there blood? Not unlike the child from the movie Happiness. Was there was there blood oh. in his BM? God. Um. <laughs> hey, R.I.P. R.I.P. Philip Seymour often. Just on that tip. I mean, this is this is the tasteless portion of the, what? Yeah. And it's it's um. So it started with you know that the Royals were actually going to give Jeter the pants that George Brett pooped in. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, but then in between him making the image and me. Um, you know, getting to it, I changed it to a chocolate, you know, because it's a gift basket. You know, what's going to be a gift basket? So, um, chocolate. And, you know, that's what makes it funny, Carson. Um, that kind of, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, and so that's what it was. There was kind of a delay between him creating the image and me actually getting to the final stage. Um, really, the, the biggest travesty about that post, about this this idea about what's in Derek Jeter's retirement gift basket, is that Jay Leno is literally retiring. And so, like, if that were to go in my portfolio, like I was planning on, it's it's no good anymore. Like, he can't use those kind of jokes. So I don't even know where I would send that into if I were looking to leave. I don't know. Does Craig, does Craig Ferguson have writers? I... I I think he just riffs, man. Yeah, I think that might be true. <laughs> and and I think Carson Daly is on after that too, and he might he might need. Is he st- is he still on? I mean, I you know I I have never been much of a late night guy since since Conan and college and all that stuff. But right, uh, I believe he- yes, I believe that the CBS lineup features. I might be wrong. I believe the CBS lineup features um, 
David Letterman, Craig Ferguson, and then I, I believe Carson Daly uh, is the the one thirty the one thirty a.m. show. Yeah, I don't want to be like rude about that no. because it's you know that yeah. there's a point where he's got his own TV show, right? But it like he seems to me like if you were to ask me Carson Daly, like wasn't isn't he like a big star? Like I don't know anything anymore. I just know baseball and kids. Mm-hmm. He, you know, you know, I feel like I'm asking someone like, you know, why aren't you married? Do you have kids yet? Like, <laughs> like, why don't you have your own show a little earlier? Come on. Carson. Well, <laughs> and then the, and then a little meta here. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest and say I have not checked it out recently, and I will also say uh, echo your sentiments, which um, is that yes, he has his own show. Um. Yes, it's called Last Call with Carson Daly. And uh, the Wikipedia page is written in the present tense. Um, and uh, I guess it used to be just a traditional late-night program, and now it has segments, produced segments. And then maybe it has some interviews as well. So I don't know. So he's probably not staying up you know, too late to do that. He's just kind of going in like like uh, Cressy doing the voiceover for his doll. Right. You know. Well, actually, I think there's been because isn't isn't the Kimmel show actually live? I think so. Yeah, the Kimmel program might actually be live. Um, like this. Like this, yeah. This is this is being streamed. I didn't. I guess I didn't tell you that. But that's that's actually live in Los Angeles, though. So that's uh, so that's not quite as late. Doable, doable. Um, yeah, and I think maybe there's one other live program. But in, in any case, uh... oh, wait a second. Contrary to its name, Jimmy Kimmel Live no longer airs live. It's taped at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, man. Yeah. He's yeah, because sexy. he's an aging person. He didn't want to stay up that late, of course. But, I mean, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Class action suit? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly – God – you are clairvoyant. Wait, is that clairvoyance? Psychic? Grant Brisby. Hey, listen, are you going to be in Phoenix, Arizona? I am not sure about that just yet. Okay. Uh, I should be. Okay. Well, uh, I saw you there last year. I saw you at Papago Brewery. Yes. Yeah, and that was great. And uh, I regret not being able to speak to you more. I have to say, I, I'm not lying to you when I say that uh, – I uh, I truly am. I'm jealous of your talents uh, because that uh, sometimes – I mean I don't know if this happens to you because uh, my job is to write and think about baseball all the time. Um, I don't necessarily uh, actively seek out all the other baseball content, uh, right. especially like, people like Dave Cameron. I mean you ever try to have a conversation with Dave Cameron uh, it- not about baseball? Yeah, it's like talking to a thumb. Oh my god, it's like talking to a thumb. Yeah, is that a saying? It is now. It is now. It's like, hey, you know what I mean? It's like talking to a thumb. Yeah, I mean, you know, just you ever talk to a thumb? They, yeah. they don't. They no. don't. It's true. It's so true. Uh, no, it's tough though. It's just so much baseball, baseball, baseball all day. But uh, I saw you pop a go brewery last year. I engaged you in conversation a little bit, and. and I had nothing but I derived nothing but pleasure from it. No, I, I appreciate that, and the same goes for you. I mean, it's it's like I don't. It's so hard to read everything. There's no, so much. Don't don't. I actually I command you not to read it. Actually, you know what? Don't read it. Just link to it often. 
That's all oh, I'm I saying. No, no, I'm saying there's so much of everything out there, not so much of you, because I, I, you know, that's one of the things that I do. Reading is not graphs, you know, and fan graphs and stuff like that. And that, I mean, because you have to kind of, that's on the tier that I have not cut yet. It, it, again, I mean, I'm, you know, you're on the bubble. You're, you're, you're you know, there, there's some roster decisions to be made. But <laughs> as of right now, I mean, you, you are. Uh, I, I can reciprocate your kind words. All right. Well, yeah, I wasn't fishing for them, uh, but I'm go- I'll I'll take them. Yeah, it's a hey, listen, it's a tough life. It's full of misery, yeah. but at least it's not permanent. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's that's it. That's as good as. That's all I was gonna say. <laughs> Man. Well, it was a pleasure talking, and I hope I hope I do um, see you and perhaps get to talk to you at a place where um, I I don't appreciate the beers as much as I should. Oh yeah. Well, listen. I think we I think we will end up anyway. We're talking about this thing, but uh, yeah, you should get over there. And uh, wait, were you there with SB Nation last year? Was that a thing? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I would go uh, the first time. It was to go and kind of have a powwow uh, with Rob and, and, and mm-hmm. at the time. Hey, you know, I didn't want to make I didn't want to make this racial or ethnic. So can we just can we chill with that? Powwow? Wow, I are you actually Native American? I I don't understand. I mean, no. Wow, that's a good point. Are we actually are we doing this? Do you want to get into it? No, you know, I I just it, it just uh... you know, critics have actually referred to this podcast as a trail of tears before. <laughs> I- Operated without, we would have meetings, Carson, uh-huh. to describe the ins and outs of our workplace. Team building, Carson. It was team building. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you've definitely fulfilled your obligation. Uh, listen, Grant Brisby, uh, we'll stick around for one second, but uh, um, for the purposes of the audience, I will say thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. And I'm sure the, re- the listeners at home thank you. That has been uh, Grant Brisby, uh, editor of uh, editor of McCovey Chronicles and also contributor to the, the main page at um, SB Nation. Uh, and, yep. uh, SB Nation, right. Uh, the, and, uh, and this has been – I'm Carson Stooley, and this has been Fangraphs Audio. The end.